You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast, episode number eight. Well, hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every Sunday we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. I am your hostess, Paula B. from PaulaBFitness.com. And let me just tell you right now, I am so happy that you actually clicked on this, you guys. You guys, apropos of today's topic, I had the hardest time naming today's episode. We were talking about goal language, and no matter how I tried to package that, it didn't make any sense at all. And it's funny and ironic, but not ironic because I don't really actually know what ironic means, but I know that it doesn't mean what we all use it to mean. But it's funny to me that I had such a hard time putting this in such a succinct little package. I mean, normally, here's a little behind the scenes. Normally, when I record these episodes, I try really hard to think about what I'm going to call it. Even though I know what topic I'm going to talk about, I try really hard to have the topic be, or the title rather, be like two or three, like a maximum of five words. First of all, so that it fits on the thumbnail and the graphics that I send out. And second of all, because I want it to be really clear exactly what we're talking about as soon as possible so that you know, hey, this episode totally you know, relates to me. And the fact is, no matter how I tried to put this you don't know whether or not it relates to you. It does, I promise. Every time we talk about fitness matters, they always matter to you. But this one, this one's just kind of a weird topic. And so thank you so much for clicking on it because I know that like 99.9% of you clicked on it just because you like the podcast and you know that I have something interesting to say. And I so, so appreciate that because I promise you this one matters. Here's why. We all, all of us, you, me, everybody, we all talk about goals, like really casually. And I find it very interesting the more I'm kind of delving into like the psychology and the mindset of goals, it's a lot more complicated than any of us think it is. You know, we throw out the word goals and we all kind of think we know what we're talking about. We all kind of think that we know what to do. And And the thing is, we all, again, including myself in this, we've all had trouble meeting our goals. And one of the reasons, in fact, I'm I'm kind of coming to the conclusion, truly, the more I study this and the more I think about this and the more I turn this around in my mind, one of the biggest reasons why we struggle with our goals is because of the language that we use when we're talking about them. So, I have a couple of different like points that I want to talk about. Today is not one of those days where it's like, okay, here's your five steps to setting better goals. I mean, it's it's not it's not that precise, but I do have three things that I want you to think about when we are talking about goals and when we are talking about the language that we use to talk about our goals. And number one, this honestly this is just kind of a pet peeve of mine, but you'll find out that it actually has a, a broader reason behind it. We all, and you know what, I'm not even going to include myself in this one anymore because this is something that I've been aware of for such a long time and it has actually been a pet peeve of mine for such a long time that I have at least one other podcast that I know for sure where I talked about this and I think I've talked about this 
I think I talked about this on like one of the very first podcasts way back when it was the Let's Run podcast. And I, I think it was one of my first, like easily within the first 10 topics that I talked about. Anyway, one of the things that I see constantly, specifically on social media, because we're, you know, typing about our goals, talking about our goals, you know, because I have a fitness channel, people talk to me about their goals all the time. One of the things that I see really, 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 really frequently is using the word goal when what you really mean is a task. The fact is a goal is something big. It's something that you're not going to get for a while. It's going to take some time to get there and it has a finish line. And if you've ever listened to me talk about goals, it is singular. You have a goal. But what you have on your way to the goal are lots and lots and lots of little tasks. And I I point this out because I hear this all the time about, oh, my daily step goal, my daily calorie goal, my daily mileage goal, my daily water goal, whatever, fill in the blank. And we're using that word goal when what we really mean is the task. Now, why would this matter? I'll tell you why. It's really kind of interesting how our brains work. We've talked about this a little bit before, about the difference between your the lizard brain or the subconscious. I prefer to call it the subconscious because you've probably noticed at this point. Every time I talk about the lizard brain or the old brain, I kind of pause because it just sounds so weird to say lizard brain. It's not entirely synonymous with your subconscious, but for the purposes of everything that we talk about, it's. I'm just going to say subconscious. The part of your brain that we're not super aware of. And then, of course, we have the conscious brain, which is the prefrontal cortex. It's the part that, you know, came up with language, created society, created the iPhone. It's the part that can plan ahead, the part that understands the difference between the past and the future. It's the part that we hear when we're thinking. The fact is, though, the prefrontal cortex, honestly, doesn't control as much of our behavior as we think. Most of our daily habits are actually controlled by the subconscious. We think that we have so much control over what we're doing, and yet, I mean, the evidence for this is everywhere. I know that you can come up with a time when you were like, oh, I'm definitely going to set my alarm and wake up at five o'clock and work out. And then, and then you kind of don't because your subconscious has a lot more power over this than you think. But here's the here's the real difference. Your tasks, the things that you need to do, the things that are on your way to the big goal are really under the domain, more or less under the domain of that prefrontal cortex. The planning of the tasks, at least. <laughs> getting them done, getting them done actually does come to the subconscious. But the actual goal, the big goal, because it is so big and comprised of so many little habits that we need to be able to put in the subconscious, the goal is driven so much more by your subconscious. The tasks being driven by your prefrontal cortex, the part where we plan ahead and we use language and we think things through and we think about the future, those are tasks and those are immediate. And using the words correctly can kind of help you understand 
how to talk about them and how to approach them. When you say the word goal, it's it's big. It's going to take some time to get there. It's going to take the building of habits. It's going to take, weirdly, some daydreaming. It's going to take some leaps of faith. It's going to take a lot of work in your subconscious and in your mindset to get your goal. And so when we're talking about goals, actual goals, and before I move on, actually, let me tell you, in the description or the show notes, wherever you're watching or listening, there's always some way to access, first of all, the transcript, but second of all, just the things that I have like the blurb that I have written, but also all of the links to anything that I talk about during the podcast to make sure that you open that up or find it or, or whatever. Also, it has links to like social media, places where you can ask me questions and, and talk about your goals with me. (laughs) And I can point out to you your goal language, you guys using precise language is phenomenally important. And it's interesting to me personally, as a student of myself, how, how important this is. For a long time, I like, I understood, I've understood for a while that how we talk about our goals is important. Like I understood that on what I'm going to call a pretty basic level. I know you've heard before about setting smart goals, you know, how you need to put it in precise language. You need to have time bound. It needs to be relevant. You know, all those all those things that we we hear about changing your behavior and, and thinking about your goal. But the thing that I have found that is surprisingly important really is the precision of the language that you use. And it's not necessarily about making it time-bound or making it relevant. It's honestly the way that you talk to your brain. Follow me here for a little while. We're kind of diving in deep into a little bit weirdville, but, but here we go. Your subconscious brain, your subconscious brain is almost like a magic genie. You know, those myths and legends that we hear about the genie in the lamp who, you know, grants you three wishes. And yet there's always like unintended consequences because the genie is taking what you're saying 100% just literally and because we are imprecise and uncareful with our language, we have these weird unintended consequences. Your brain works a lot like that. Your brain hears you literally. And it's your brain's job. I mean, your brain your brain is developed for a job. You know, I know that we think when we think in language, we think about the bigger picture and consciousness and, and existence and all those kinds of things. But, but really specifically, your subconscious brain developed biologically to keep you alive. You know, you're, you're supposed to do certain things. You're supposed to stay alive, supposed to stay the same, supposed to adapt when necessary. Your brain, your brain behaves like that biologically. And so in order to do that, your brain has these really kind of basic functions. And I don't want to say that your subconscious brain is like 
dumb because it's not. It's actually really, really smart. It has developed these these abilities to to do whatever it is that you want. But it it takes you super, super literally like a genie in a bottle or the other way that I think about it, kind of like a really young kid, like a two or a three-year-old, you know, who understands what you're saying, but doesn't really have the framework to put it all in yet. And so therefore takes you completely literally. Mom, you said we were going to the store right now. Aren't we going to the store right now? You know, when you have to finish (laughs) saying goodbye to your friends and you say five minutes, but it's really an hour later. When you're, when the kid is really, really little, they hear what you're saying about leaving right now and they get super impatient. Why aren't we leaving right now? Your brain kind of behaves like that also. It is, its job is to do what you ask. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but when we developed language and they're in the prefrontal cortex, the, the conscious part of our brain, we started to be able to take some control over the subconscious, the instinctual part of our brain. But because the subconscious and instinctual part doesn't, you know, isn't fully developed, doesn't have all of the language, it, it struggles to understand what we are telling it with our conscious mind. But your brain, its job is to, is to do what you ask it to do. And the thing is, when we're imprecise with our language, we are unintentionally asking for the wrong things. So when we're saying something like, I want to lose 10 pounds, or I want to run a marathon, or I want a million subscribers, you know, when, when we talk about our goals, our brain tries very hard to give us exactly what we're asking for. But because it doesn't have a fully developed language the way that we do, it doesn't really understand the subtlety of what we're saying. And so it tries to bring us exactly what we're asking for. And here's here's how I've kind of developed my thought model about this. When we're talking about what we want, we're speaking in a complete sentence. Your subconscious brain is a lot like the title of of this podcast. It's a lot like the graphics that I try to create. It really gets like the first two or three words. It, It can only truly perceive the first part of what you're saying to it. So when you say, I want to lose 50 pounds, what your brain hears is, I want. And what your brain gives you is more wanting. Think about that for a little bit. It changes the way that you think about that phrase, I want to lose 50 pounds. You and I, consciously, are hearing the 50 pounds part. Your brain is hearing the wanting part. And because it's your brain's job to bring you what you're asking for, it brings you more wanting. Doesn't bring you the loss of the 50 pounds. It brings you the wanting part. 
Think about it like this. When you say, I'm trying to lose 50 pounds, your brain is going to bring you more trying. It's not going to bring you the loss. It's going to bring you an endless stream of trying. When you say, I wish I could lose 50 pounds, your brain is going to bring you more wishing. When you say, I hope I can lose 50 pounds, your brain is going to bring you more hoping. None of these scenarios bring you the loss of the 50 pounds because that part of your sentence got lost in the translation. Your brain is trying to bring you the verb. The verb is wanting, trying, wishing, hoping. And what you get is more of that. The other thing, the other, the other problem that we have is that we very frequently speak in, and forgive me, Ms. Bradley, my ninth grade English teacher, she taught me all of the different tenses that we can use in the English language, and I don't specifically remember them all and or how they work. But because we have complex language, we can talk in like future perfect tense or, or past perfect tense. Our conscious brains understand a linear timeline. We understand that the past is the past. We understand what's coming in the future, or we, you know, we think about the future. It's part of what our, our prefrontal cortex even like developed for was this understanding of the future. It's one of the things that makes us human is the ability to think about the future. But our subconscious brain, everything is now. Again, like a toddler, <laughs> very much like a toddler. Everything is now, 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 now. That's problematic if you're saying things like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds or I'd like to lose 50 pounds. Those kinds of tenses, which are some kind of future tense. I don't, I don't remember which one. Sorry. You could tell me. In fact, would you, if you know, I would be really curious about this and, and really could have looked it up, but did not. Your brain suddenly says, I don't know what you want and doesn't bring you anything because you are picturing something in the future as something that you would do in the future, your brain has no concept of what that is and therefore doesn't bring you anything. So, so how do we talk to our brains in order to get what we want. I know you've heard me talk about this before. This is not meant to be any sort of a, a big surprise reveal, but we need to speak in the present tense. And we need to speak basically as if we already have the goal. I am running a marathon. I am losing 50 pounds. I am getting a million subscribers. And I know that when you hear that, I mean, first of all, it's just, it's so much more declarative. I mean, it's, there, there is in the future an entire podcast about why we are afraid of speaking like this because it makes it very real and concrete. I know you can hear the difference when you say something like that to yourself about a goal that you're not entirely sure you can have. You talk about it with, I'm trying, I'm wishing, I'm hoping, because when you say, I am losing 50 pounds, 
It sounds like a commitment. It sounds like reality. It sounds like something that you are currently doing. And that is great news for getting your goals because your brain totally understands that. Both parts of your brain are on board as soon as you say, I am. When you say, I am, your subconscious brain is like, oh, hey, that's now. That's right now. Okay, let's do that. This is, this is happening. This is very exciting. Your conscious brain understands that level of, of commitment and responsibility that the I am brings up. And it goes from, I'm trying, I'm wishing, I'm hoping, which both parts of your brain kind of put off like, well, not doing anything right now. That's either the future or some other time or never or, or whatever. It's, it's wishy-washy. We're not, we're not actually doing anything. As soon as you say, I am training for a marathon, both parts of your brain get to work on solving that problem. Okay, how are we going to do that? We're going to train. We're going to do the right things. We're going to sleep right. We're going to exercise right. We're going to do core work. We're going we're gonna to do what we got to do. Your brain starts solving the problem of the I am as soon as you say, I am. Your brain loves having a problem. We have talked about this before. This is, in fact, I will make sure that I link, I can think of one episode for sure, where I talked about how your brain loves to solve problems. When you give your brain a problem to solve, it totally gets to work on it. It gets excited about it. When you have spoken in present tense, the subconscious part of your brain feels like feels like an inevitability. It feels like, well, of course, of course this is going to happen. But there's also a part of your conscious brain that kind of freaks out a little bit when we make a declarative statement like, I am losing 50 pounds. I am getting a million subscribers. I am running a marathon. It's, um, it's a big deal suddenly. And it starts to freak out like, uh, I don't know how we would do that. That's, that's a lot. That's big. That's scary. That's freaking me out a little bit. So the other thing that we need to do, the other point that I wanted to make today is that when you use this I am declarative sentence, it needs to be both believable and exciting. And this is the part where you're really going to have to work with kind of playing around with the words a little bit. And it's it's specifically funny and I'm going to get to the point why I even why I even brought up this entire topic for this entire day. We we sometimes don't believe that we can get our goals and that's that's part of the process. It truly truly is. And so you have to state it in a way that is either as we talked about so ridiculous that it's just, it's, it is quite literally unbelievable and therefore you can bypass the part of your brain that's freaking out because you can be like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's utterly ridiculous. This is just a, this is just a mental exercise. Or it has to be believable in like a smaller way. Sometimes, like when we, you could say the sentence, I am losing 70 pounds. And there's a part of your brain that is going to be like, no, no, I don't think we can. We've, we've tried before and, and this has never, never come about. So, so no. 
So what you would do in, in that kind of a case is maybe just chop it down. I am losing weight. Because that is believable. It could be one pound. It could be 70 pounds. It could be anything in between. Your brain understands I am losing weight. It can go to work on that problem. It can figure out that problem. It can get excited about that problem. You can have, weirdly, an open-ended goal. And I know that lots of people will tell you that you have to have an exact number. We've talked about this before, about how you should be exact with your goal. But sometimes, if your exact goal doesn't feel believable and therefore doesn't get you excited about it and instead makes you completely freak out, find, find the language that will make it work. Here's the part about getting excited. So I announced my ridiculous goal of having a million subscribers. And I was kind of, you know, going over it in my mind. And once I had gotten past the initial freak out of that's huge, that's ridiculous. Nobody could ever do that. But, but I mean, you know, maybe I, I had been saying it to myself as I am finding a million subscribers. And every day I was getting up and I was doing the tasks <laughs> that would lead me to my goal. And I was finding myself feeling kind of overwhelmed by it. I was excited about it. I felt that it was believable enough that somebody could get a million subscribers. But there was something about it that was kind of kind of weighing me down. And it took me a lot of figuring to understand exactly what it was about the wording of this goal that wasn't quite right. And here's what it was. I was really troubled by the idea of having to find a million subscribers because part of my brain was like, how am I going to find them? Where would they be? What would they be doing? How would I find them? And I truly still, I'm, I'm telling you the sentence and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm looking for women over 50. I mean, do I run ads? Do I just join crocheting groups on Facebook? Like, like what do 50 year old women like to do? Well, some women like to run. Some women like to do other things. How do I find people who want to work out? Maybe they don't already work out. So would we have that in common? So how would I find them? I mean, over and over and around and around and around. And it felt, it felt like a problem that I wanted to solve, but it didn't feel entirely solvable. And as soon as I came upon this new sentence, I thought to myself, aha, here it is. When I changed it from I'm finding a million subscribers to I am attracting a million subscribers. And I have variously at different times said I'm getting a million subscribers. It's a little bit easier way of saying it, but in my mind, I still hear I am attracting a million subscribers. Because I have to tell you, as soon as I changed that word in my mind, attracting means that all y'all get to find me and I know how to be, for lack of a better word, wow, this sentence is going to sound really funny. I know how to be attractive. (laughs) That sounds so silly. I 
I'm not a beauty YouTuber, <laughs> but I understand, I understand the kinds of things that, that you need to hear, that you want to hear. I understand what what your problems are, the problems we all have at age 50. I, I understand 50-year-old women. I am one. I understand what it is that you want from me. Making myself, again, attractive in the sense of having my message say things that will attract a million subscribers sounded very believable to me. It sounded kind of exciting. It's still a problem to solve. I still have to think about the way that I am speaking, about the message that I'm putting out. I still have to think about, you know, putting out good content, doing all the tasks. The tasks are truly, virtually the same between finding a million subscribers and attracting a million subscribers. But the attracting part made my brain relax and say, ah, this is a problem I can solve. So, so this is the part that I don't have, I mean, other than my own example, I don't have the words that are going to work for you. Your brain, your circumstances, you personally have your own, your own level of believability. But it is, it is kind of a litmus test that I want you to ask yourself. When you are saying, I am losing 70 pounds, you know, I can tell you to put it into language like that. I am losing 70 pounds or I am losing weight. Only you know whether or not that feels believable and exciting. If it feels not just overwhelming, because again, overwhelming isn't the same thing. Overwhelming because you have a huge goal that is something that you can bypass by doing what we talked about in the last couple of episodes, by, by simply acknowledging that it is utterly ridiculous and then allowing your brain to solve it as a problem. But if you're not excited about it, if you come to the tasks and feel like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if I'm doing the right things. I don't know about this goal think about the language that you are using in your mind. Think about whether or not you are bringing more want to yourself, bringing more trying, bringing more wishing, more hoping. Listen to the first two or three words of your sentence and hear it the way your subconscious brain hears it. This was a lot to think about today. And I know that I know that this is one of those topics, honestly, that probably brings up more questions than answers. And I do apologize for that. I try so hard to bring you answers on the podcast, but, but this one's going to take some noodling on your own to really, to really figure out what language are you currently using? And is that the language that's best for your goal? And you know that I would love to hear from you. I mean, this has been this has been so much fun these last couple of weeks getting to hear your your things that you have worked on over the past year, the things that you are proud of, your big, huge, ridiculous goals for 2020, hearing some of the obstacles that you've faced while you were, you know, deciding on these big goals. I would love love to hear your language, to hear what it is 
that you are saying to yourself that's helping you get your goal. I hope if you, again, it always depends on whether you're watching or listening. You can leave a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a comment. Come find me on any social media. I'm okay. Not any, I'm not on Twitter. I am technically I'm on Twitter. I don't like Twitter. So don't, don't tweet me, but you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook for sure, for sure, for sure. Make sure that you let me know because I love to hear from you. I would love to hear about your goal language. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'll talk to you next time.